Hi, I'm Eric Boss, and Avengers Endgame gave a heartbreaking send-off to Iron Man Tony Stark, but did so in a way that was true to all aspects of his character, including how freaking smart the guy is, making all of us feel like Ruffalo's, not Bruce Banner's. Ruffalo's. In Endgame, Tony Stark not only configures the missing link of the other Avengers time travel technology, he proves to have the sharpest recollection when it comes to details within historical timelines. On the spot, he recalls a backup time and place to retrieve the Tesseract and more pin particles. But even more ingeniously, he uses tiny details within past generations of his own Iron Man armor, specific forgotten loopholes within upgrades, as a weakness that he exploits against their past selves in order to get the upper hand. Really, the entire endgame film is a tribute to how brilliant Tony Stark has been when it comes to adapting his tech, battle after battle over the past decade. And I'm gonna break down all these hidden gems. Okay, so when you rewatch Endgame and all of the MCU movies with Iron Man, you start to notice specific things about the evolution of Tony Stark's suit. In each movie, Stark adapts the technology in small ways to respond to mistakes from previous conflicts. We witness this adaptive thinking in the first Iron Man, Tony's trial and error montage as he customized each component of his armor. But that experimentation actually never stopped. It evolved all the way through the present. So in the first Iron Man, Tony was kidnapped in Afghanistan with no GPS for anyone to track his location. So later in Spider-Man Homecoming, Stark reveals to Peter that the suit he designed for him comes with a GPS tracker. And how did he find me? Did you put a tracker in my suit or something? I put everything in your suit, including this heater. Actually, that heater was an adaptation from Stark's past experience as well. When he iced up during his test flight in the first Iron Man, and in Iron Man 3 when his suit lost power in the snow in the middle of Tennessee. Ooh, that is brisk. You could also see that parachute that popped out of Peter Parker's suit as an adaptation from Rhodey's war machine armor in Civil War, which was months prior. It dropped out of the sky and nearly killed Rhodey, but more on the lessons learned from Rhodey later. One of the more memorable moments in the first Avengers movie was when Iron Man fought Thor, and Thor's lightning accidentally supercharged Tony's suit. Power at 400% capacity. Huh, how about that? Boom, boom, boom! Remember, the previous time we had seen Iron Man, he was fighting Whiplash in Iron Man 2. And that previous generation of armor was particularly vulnerable to electrical damage. But of course, the biggest vulnerability to Stark's early generation armor was his arc reactor in his chest. He had that reactor surgically removed at the end of Iron Man 3, chucked it into the ocean, probably plugged a whale's blowhole with it. But earlier, his mechanical heart was a major weak point, especially when Obadiah Stane, the bigger Lebowski of the MCU, paralyzed Tony, yanked it out of his chest. And and that brings us to Tony's brilliance in the time heist and endgame. See, Tony knew that the 2012 generation, the Mark VII armor, was still powered by a flesh-embedded arc reactor, something that, if tampered with, can cause him to go into cardiac arrest. Stark also knew from his experience in Civil War that the tiny openings between the pieces of his armor were wide enough for Ant-Man to shrink down into without being noticed. Of course, Stark fixed that flaw with his nanotech armor revealed in Infinity War, tiny bots that lock into place seamlessly without any cracks for little, little things to slip through. But back in 2012, this was still a vulnerability so, present-day Stark uses these old design flaws, the gaps in his armor, and the fragility of his old Stark reactor to allow Ant-Man to paralyze his old self so that they can snatch a Tesseract. But Stark also knows that this Mark VII suit 
won't get damaged by an electroshock from Mjolnir. So a little love tap from Thor could bring him back to life. This adaptation with Stark's armor continued in other interesting ways throughout Endgame. But before I get to that, thank you to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is a free browser extension to save you money when you shop online. When you buy anything, if you're not actively shopping around for the best deal, you're probably not gonna save that much money. But Honey takes care of that for you. While you shop online, Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts and then automatically applies the coupon with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. It's like magic. I used Honey when I bought a couple pizzas from Papa John's online. I was thrilled to save $8.68. Made me feel less bad about eating several pizzas alone. Honey works on over 20,000 sites like Amazon, eBay, GameStop, Best Buy, and more. And it takes zero effort to install. It's just two clicks by going to joinhoney.com slash newrockstars. Honey is for everyone because it works for practically anything you buy online. And like I said, it's easy, only takes two clicks to install. 10 million people are already saving with Honey. With over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store, it's basically free money, according to Time Magazine, and according to me. Look, there's really no reason not to start using Honey today. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer with just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash newrockstars. Again, that's joinhoney.com slash newrockstars. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money. And thanks again to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Okay, back to the subtle way Stark adapted his armor over the generations. In Age of Ultron, there were two big upgrades. The Iron Legion, which led to Ultron, and ultimately Division, which was the first derivation of Stark tech that could contain an Infinity Stone. The second one was, of course, Veronica, Mark 44, the Hulkbuster armor, which of course came back in Infinity War. In Age of Ultron, the Hulkbuster repulsor blasts weren't powerful enough to restrain the Hulk. So when Infinity War, Stark's new Mark 50 armor features backup boosters to blast Cull Obsidian of the Black Order, who has a similar build to Hulk. The Mark 50 armor is awesome. It has these new flight stabilizers, shown during Iron Man's fight against Thanos on Titan, to control his flight during combat, which is something he had trouble with before. It also has a rocket booster on his feet, which allows him super flight speed so he could catch up to Peter on the Q-ship. He installed that after he failed to catch up to Rhodey during Rhodey's fall in Civil War. Also in Civil War, when he lost against Cap and Bucky during their melee at the end of the movie, in Infinity War, the Mark 50 armor features new melee weapons, which Stark uses against Thanos. Now, one of those melee weapons in Infinity War was a shield. The shield is formed out of Stark's nanotech pieces, but the blast from Thanos' power stone wore down those nanobots, causing the nanobots on the rest of Stark's armor to relocate and weaken. So Stark adapted this for his latest Mark 85 armor in Endgame, which features new external energy shields. He fires these up to brace for the impact blast from Hulk snapping his Stark gauntlet. And that gauntlet is Stark's most critical tech adaptation in Endgame. Back in Age of Ultron, Stark learned that an android body derived from Ultron Iron Legion tech could house an Infinity Stone to, of course, make Vision. And now Stark has expanded on that foundation to recreate Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet as a unit of his own design. But this Stark Gauntlet features a key feature, nanotech. Infinity War showed how those nanobots can morph, reconfigure into new shapes. There's actually a very subtle visual detail where Stark took off his sunglasses and they absorbed into his nanotech armor as it assembled around him. Sunglasses were also nanotech. If you think about it, Stark didn't need to take them off at all. He just kind of took them off to look better badass in front of Ebony Maw. This absorption function gives Stark his key move over Thanos at the end of the film. Stark was unable to claw the gauntlet and the stones off Thanos' hand during the brawl on Titan. And he was so damn close too, that must have driven him nuts over the years. So with his new Stark gauntlet, the nanotech allows his armor to absorb the stones back onto his own hand. 
In the end, Stark's powerful sacrifice was such an emotional gut punch because we know he achieved it by finally perfecting the armor that he had been tinkering with year after year. He's the ultimate weapon builder, finally crafting the ultimate peacekeeping tool. This story arc is memorialized with Stark's first arc reactor, framed by Pepper and placed on his funeral wreath. And if you stuck around through the credits of Endgame, the sound of Tony hammering in the cave echoes once more to remind us that Tony Stark's obsession with constant innovation and adaptation is what made this engineer the ultimate MCU hero. Comment down below with your favorite Iron Man upgrade over the years, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at EAVoss, and if you live in the LA area, come check out my live monthly comedy show, Darkest Timeline, Friday, June 7th, ticket link in the description below, and subscribe to New Rockstars, and subscribe to our Inside Marvel podcast feed for early access to all of our Marvel breakdowns. Thank you for joining me, and uh, see you next time, fellow Ruffalos.